What's going on, y'all? Good morning, good afternoon. Shout out, love. I'm Mike. I'm Z. And welcome to DTMS, baby. Episode 81. Did you already say that? I don't remember, but I'm still <laughs> pumped. <laughs> what up, y'all? Super pumped. It's a great day. It's the first time the sun came out, I think. Yep. Me and Mike well rested, as you can hear. It's like almost 70. Yeah, it's, a beautiful, it's the nicest day of the year. 71. Yep. Damn. I know. It's awesome. Episode 81, another Kobe episode. Shout out him. Rest in peace to the Mamba. Damn. Love to hear it. I know. I like half forgot that he died. Yeah. It's really crazy sometimes. Think back. Because of the sun, probably. Because I'm happy. And now it's like, uh, mm-hmm. shout out him. No, shout, shout out. out to Kobe. and yeah, his, Shout out Kobe, yeah. his family. Absolutely. So, yeah, we got a couple things going on today. Um, we want to touch back in on some open AI GPT-3. Uh, we got some new EV news. God, what the f- what was I going to talk about? What was the first thing I said I was going to talk about? You brought Jujutsu, the new Yeah, but we can't movie. really talk about yeah, that. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet. We so could we talk about Dope Sick a little bit, mm-hmm. and then there was one other thing. Oh, the Will Smith stuff. Yeah, 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 which um, we never touched on. I, I want to open up with the art. Let's do that. Art um, word, okay. Actually, let me say, I want to open up with some good news, some positive news. We can get the EV stuff out the way. Um... So, uh, information just came out on global EV sales. I only have them from the past quarter, but, uh, the five biggest global economies had 10% of all vehicles sold were EVs, which is awesome. Um, that's huge. That's great news. Uh, this in itself will help us. Uh, move towards sustainable energy um, and away from fossil fuels. So that's definitely very positive news. These aren't small countries like Denmark. These are massive countries. Fuck Um, Denmark. Which is actually hilarious. Denmark, not saying Denmark is bad, 50% of Denmark sales were, uh, were EV sales. Oh, damn. Norway this past quarter had like one car. No. Out of two. (laughs) You'd think, right? It was like thousands of vehicles. Yeah. Uh, Norway, this past quarter, had 80% of their vehicles be electric. Uh, Wow. Yeah, Norway's way ahead of the the curve. Um, Those are great countries. Yeah, they are. That's like, hey. Sweden, Sweden, too. Yep, Sweden, too. Finland is also awesome with the adoption of electric vehicles. So Finland's also like top five in um, education in the world. So. It's definitely it's definitely amazing. Um, love to hear it, but the larger countries need to get on with get moving on it. Um, Denmark and Norway have subsidies to buy electric cars. A lot of people are like, "Oh, electric cars are so expensive," but nobody does. Nobody wants to do math, so nah. like, no one wants to be like, "Oh yeah, like electric cars." Like, it's not happening. <laughs> Mike dropped something on the floor. I'm trying to. Pele my way up. Um, Got it. Yep. So, um, yeah, it's still amazing. Uh, adoption rate is increasing. Like we always say on this episode, we're on an S-curve. More and more people are going to start adopting electric vehicles. Um, it's going to be cool to be sustainable one day. People want to see it. So, it's awesome seeing these countries uh, take the next step. So, I'm waiting for the uh, Putin musk fight oh yeah me too 
I think Elon may have him. Elon like wrestled somebody like three hundred pounds in one. <laughs> Did he? Is there yeah. a video? <laughs> nah, no video. But like, uh, there's like public accounts. People are like, yeah, I saw it. <laughs> it's pretty <damn>. hilarious. <laughs> so Elon's no punk. I bet Putin's like a beast though. Putin's a small man. How tall is he? I think he's like five something. All the propaganda over there probably has him at like six four, but <laughs> he's actually like five something. I bet he's like stocky though. Mm. He's tough. Fought bears or something. All propaganda. <laughs> so we'll see. Like I'm hearing a lot less about. You know, it got less cool to to uh, to to cover things like that, like Ukraine. So that is something that's curious. I'm curious, like what's going on over there. Oh uh, yeah, I don't know. Mm. I'm just afraid to talk about it. Yeah, who knows? We're gonna get demonetized. <laughs> We're not. We have to get monetized first, but still. Um, another uh, interesting news. Uh, Peter Kalmus. Uh, he was an ex NASA scientist. He he handcuffed himself to J P Morgan's global headquarters. Was it Chase? I thought it was Chase. Is it? To my knowledge, it was J P Morgan, but I'm hearing mixed. Like some some publications I'm seeing are saying it was. Oh, it's because it's J.P. Morgan Chase. I'm pretty sure. I think they yeah. like the same. They're yeah. like uh, together. Um, yes. So he worked at NASA's Jet Propulsion Laboratory. Mm-hmm. And uh, he really wanted to figure out about climate change and fighting climate disasters. And he created a small group of scientists uh, who are going to fight back against large banks especially jp morgan being one of the biggest lobbyists for uh for oil tycoons yeah um so he's protesting fossil fuels him and four other scientists and from the videos i've seen it looked about to be 40 plus police officers who showed up to stop the the protest which was pretty ridiculous uh for the one guy for four people. Oh, four people. It was four people, but it was like Ten forty plus. Yeah. Um. So it's cool to see that like more people are coming out to fight it. Uh, and I know a lot of people who are like, "Oh, like we can't do anything. Climate change, nothing's gonna change." But uh, there's people out here who are actually fighting. And if you're one of those people who are just sitting on your butt mm. and are like, "We can't do anything," like, uh. You're also a part of the problem. If we don't do anything, it's definitely going to happen. We should at least try to do something and make it change. Yeah. Um, and this is all in news with the fact that like uh, most scientists now believe that if we don't go back to the Paris Accords mm. in within three years, we're going to be too far gone and there's going to be no saving Earth. Oh, fuck. So like it's really crazy. Like there's some positive, but th- but like I said, that's a positive the the largest economies in the world switching over to electric vehicles that's yeah. a positive thing that's something you can't always look around and see negative and nobody ever wants to talk about good stuff but that's something that's truly positive right uh speaking of protests i saw some guy uh you know <clears throat> like on the water town like, wait, what is it right next to? It's actually like the bus station. You know, like, oh, the one that's intersection in the near the BSC. Yeah. 
I do. Where it's like a five-way intersection, basically. Yeah, one with the gas station is down the street a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And there's that diner that we went to a couple times. Yeah, I know exactly where it is, yeah. (laughs) There's a guy standing there, and he has a sign that says Biden sold 2020. Mm Mm-hmm. And like sold, stole. Okay. Um. He was just so hyped up, just yelling at cars, mm-hmm. and I was just thinking, like, while I was driving, I was like, "Well, my first thought was like, I can never see myself being like that hyped up about something unless I'm like under the influence of something." Mm-hmm. And like, my second thought was. I want to make him mad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why? Well, let's hear it. Just because, like, people, when I see people that, like, crazy about shit, I mm-hmm. find it funny mm-hmm. to, like, rattle them. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't. Good. I chose. <laughs> I chose not wow, to rattle anything. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. But it was just, like, an interesting thing to see, like, in the middle. Like, and it was just him. It wasn't, it was just mm-hmm. him. It wasn't like, like he had a whole party or no. group or nothing. And he was just, like, in the middle of, like, the intersection with a sign, like, pointing at cars, being like, yeah, let's go, Brandon. And, like, yeah. like Jesus Christ, like, what, what, like, led him to that point? Mm. You know? It's crazy to see somehow, like, how far off people get. Mm-hmm. Like just think in a certain way or get like pushed into thinking like this is what they need to be doing or like this is what is going to make a difference. Mm. It's weird. So it's, uh, it's a little bit sad. Mm. Uh, it's interesting though. Yeah. But. Interesting. Yeah, that was the last protest I saw yesterday. That's <laughs> yeah, weird. Um. New news, electric as well. GM is partnering with Honda. They're going to try to create an electric vehicle. Um, which is going to be kind of interesting. Uh, another thing I want to keep all these... Because uh, I think a lot of these old companies are going to go bankrupt anyway. So I think that Honda partnering with GM to create this new wave of vehicles... It's just going to be their first start to failure because it's going to be like, oh, you're going to create a product that you also have to compete with each other over. In the future, you're going to have to compete with each other. And if you're making a product together, then that's just going to it seems as if it's going to force you to just be like, has that like been done before? Like two yeah. different car companies? Like what is it? Yeah. Or so like, like the other one I can think of, of is um, so now it's called Stellantis Stellantis. I think it was Chrysler and somebody else. I is it a EV? No. So it's a car company. So it's like these two companies oh, came okay. together. It was Chrysler and one other vehicle manufacturer. So is, Hon- is the Honda GM collaboration, is that going to have like another name, like another thing to go under? No. So it's going to be like, oh, we're going to create this electric vehicle together. Yeah. But as we always talk about on this show, like electric vehicles are the future. Yeah. People are just going to be driving them. So if like more and more of your profit margin are going to be these electric vehicles and you can't really compete against each other in the segment because yeah. you're partners, then it's going to it's it's going to force it's going to like force you into a merger pretty much. That's my Yeah. That's what I believe is going to But happen. like what logo is going to be on the car? That's what I'm It's going Yeah, about. it's going to I don't know. 
Like, I don't know if it's, it, it, it could just be like, you know how like some vehicles look exactly alike where it's like, yeah. oh, the Chevy Equinox looks exactly like the Ford Edge. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's like, oh, like likely partnership there to create the vehicle. Right. And like, there's just one for each of them. So I think it's going to be the only way forward is for them to just work together. Um, that's probably, a, I mean, that sounds like it's a, it'll be beneficial though. Because, like, Honda, I feel like, manufactures better, and GM has a ton of money. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. if they combine their strengths, their, like, comp- comparative or competitive yeah. advantages. Yeah, as much better. Exactly. So, which I don't think there's nothing wrong with it, but, like, let's just put it out in the open. You know what I mean? Let's not say... Because GM is the one who has the batteries, the electric, the Ultium uh, battery. Yeah. Which is not that great of a battery, but it's a cool name. And Honda, like you said, can manufacture really well. So if they can help each other's pitfalls, then, yeah, I just see that's the way forward. Um, Another thing is GM. I want to remind everyone that by 2024, they're supposed to have 20 electric vehicles manufactured. Um, And right now. By when? 2024. Okay. So that's in about a year and a half. And right now, last time I checked, they only had six. Uh, so now they're going to have to get 14 manufactured in the next 16 months. Mm-hmm. And I just want to keep that in the air because every single time these car companies are like, we are going to be fully electric by 2029, 2030. Mm-hmm. And then, but nobody notices when we get to like, 2027 and 2028 and it's like actually 2035 you know what i mean because yeah. they just keep kicking it down the road and don't and nobody is looking Empty long promises enough. yeah and it's like let's see the and this is why i don't believe a lot of these old manufacturers are going to survive it's just they keep saying one thing doing another and the public has short attention spans <laughs> Yeah. So they're ready to move on to something else. Or so. they could just be vague and be like, oh, yeah, we, we're going to try. And then, like, you know. Yeah, not They're not, even. like, at fault. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, one thing I've been noticing is, like, I, when people, I try to notice when people, like, are overly vague with what they say. Because mm-hmm. that's, like, kind of a a mechanism to, like, not have responsibility for anything. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm dealing with something like that myself right now. Um, but yeah, the corporations definitely do it all the time. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. We will definitely see. But yeah, we can keep it at that. Um, yeah. Um, we had that, that open AI, our creator, not our our one that we sponsored, no. not the hotpot.ai. No. But uh there was another one called I forget what it was called. It was like Not Geely. Something. It was like the third version of something. It was something three. GPT three. No. It was like dice or something. Oh. It was like uh I think it was maybe like a part of like gpt3 was a part of it or like maybe yeah. it was similar to because a lot of these systems that we're looking at even the one we're going to talk about today yeah all uses open ai yeah and open ai created gtp3 which can take text and turn it into visual mm-hmm. which is a like that's ridiculous in itself like 
computers weren't able to do that not long right. ago. Like computers didn't know, couldn't take images and turn them into text. Yeah. Or they had no way of processing images. So we looked at a few of the pictures. So I found like an article saying that it was uh, predictably racist and sexist, mm-hmm. which um, we brought up on this literally on po- past pods. We brought up. Yeah. So we looked at like some of the examples and there was like when you typed in CEO, it was a bunch of like white guys and mm-hmm. suits. And then if you typed in nurse, it was all women. Mm-hmm. And if you typed in personal assistant, it was also all women. Mm hmm. But it was weird also like how like hyper realistic all the images were. Yeah, it looked like real pictures. Yeah, they looked like mm-hmm. pictures, like like stock images sort mm-hmm. of. Um whereas like the hot pot was kinda like abstract art. Mm-hmm. Which is like I feel like that's cooler. But mm-hmm. the these pictures were like kinda creepy. Yeah. Like why was that woman's eyes crossed? Yeah, this woman's eye yeah, that was a little <laughs> I have no idea. That was terrifying. And that was under the assistant one, right? Yeah. Yeah, she was on the phone and like eyes crazy crossed. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, we gotta bring in. We gotta bring this. Like the fact that these these systems are being programmed by people. So like yeah. they, I don't think that I don't want to believe that someone's in there. Like I'm about to make this AI so racist. Right. But they're like, but your biases like, are built into it. Right, and it's also like they're just absorbing the information that's out there. Yeah. So like they are going to be biased by what information is like more prominent or more like available. Yeah. Like our, the way that our world works, like is that's just the way it is. Like I'll give, I'll give a bias that I don't necessarily believe in, mm-hmm. but I know is out there and I'll bring it to basketball. Like if you're feeding, if you feed uh, this AI, like good basketball players, right? Yeah. Something in your mind is already going to click good basketball players. So it's like feed the AI images of good basketball players. Mm. When you start doing that, you're not necessarily doing it on purpose, but part of it is true. You think of tall black men. Like that's what you you, you will think I wonder if it would like just show like black guys if they put in basketball players. Because it's our own biases. So if someone's going to program it and they're like, all right, I need to fit, I need to give it images of good basketball players, Mm. good basketball players, you're unknowingly going to start feeding it those images, Mm. even though good basketball players can look like anyone, can be any can be any height, weight, like skin color. Well, but oh gosh. <laughs> <See>? yeah. <laughs> so it's um, um it's our own biases that are built into it. So I don't think anyone's doing it like maliciously. But it's also I mean like so I kind of see it as like it's observations rather than like the AI is racist. Yeah. It's taking the information that it has mm-hmm. and you it's know. trying to make connections. And yeah. then like and it's crazy because Cancel AIs. That is racism. <laughs> like racism is like surface level connection making. Yeah. True. Um but yeah, it was interesting to see. It is very interesting. It's cool to see how powerful these tools are becoming though, because that was even, I mean, they just made pictures of like real looking humans. Yeah, when we last covered it, when we first covered mm-hmm. GPT three, it was just cr- writing articles, you know? Oh, yeah, and now yeah, we're yeah. less than a year later, and now GPT-3 is being molded into something that can create images based on your words. Yeah. So, like, it's it's getting more and more powerful. It didn't even take that long. So, we'll see what it's going to... We're going to keep covering GPT-3, I'm sure, 
Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll see what it looks like next year. Like, how far are we away from it creating video games for us? You know what I mean? Yeah. I was thinking about Neuralink yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, the effect that having access to artificial intelligence would, like, do to the brain. Mm-hmm. Um, Because I was, like, going into it thinking, like, yeah, I want to be, like, super smart so I can, like, do cool stuff and like be efficient Mm -hmm. but then i was thinking like how much it'll change because if everyone had it no just just if you had it because like you could want to get it for a reason and then once you have it like you won't even want it for that reason anymore because you have all the like yeah you basically have all the answers for well, thinking on like, a way different level information stuff, but um, yeah, I don't know. It was a, like a weird thought I had. Like I, it might actually. I don't think it takes away your soul. It might take away your individuality. Maybe. I don't know. We'll just have to see. I guess. But you're saying if everyone had a Neuralink and was able to like interconnect. No, I'm just saying if one person had a Neuralink, like they would sort of become just like like a robot, sort of. More like a robot. Maybe just like fully like a robot. I don't know. Because like that... if all the, like, if you have the capabilities of an artificial intelligence, like, well, what are you going to want to do? Yeah, that's always like the biggest question. Because like. I think one thing that's like my one of my main like motivators for like doing any type of shit that I do is like wanting to learn more mm-hmm. or like wanting to grow. And like if you already have access to all the information, there's basically. still questions though. Like I think that our intelligence will be raised, but like just with having higher intelligence, we'll have way more answers or also have way more questions. Yeah. But, like, what? I mean, I guess we can't even, like, really comprehend what the questions would be. No. But I think that would help us, like, understand our situation better. Because something is odd about, like, our the something is odd about how humanity is. Yeah. And it's, why it is. Something is weird about just it. Just, like, the human condition. like Yeah, why? Yeah. Consciousness and stuff. And it's interesting. Yeah. And and so like what would really happen is like we're raising our consciousness level. So like we'll be able to think on a higher level and think of more things and have better understanding of many things. But I think that won't answer all of the questions. But like what you're talking about, like on a macro scale, if everyone had it, Mm -hmm. that that would I mean, that brings up a lot more questions. But it's also like, would we even interact with people or... I think it would be a weird thing. This is how I think about it. I love think I I think about this like decently often. And I'm like maybe the way I look at it is that we would all be interconnected. Yeah. And like I would always feel as if you're with me even if I'm far away from you. Yeah. And like we would always have that connection to each other and access to each other. But it would feel more like a hug and less of like Yo, I need like, I feel like it would be like that's a like a hug. very optimistic uh, point of view for it. I think. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like if my I like 
Because I'm thinking, like, we're just going to turn into robots. And, like, basically for... Because at the root of, like, human nature is, like, survival. Mm -hmm. And, like, sort of, like, a selfishness survival. Mm -hmm. Like, looking out for yourself. Mm -hmm. So I wonder if, like, with all the information at our disposal, with the artificial intelligence, Mm -hmm. like, would we just sort of, like... Another thing that has been making me think more about this is I started reading this new book that uh, this very kind guy at the bar gave me to read. Let's bring it up. Let's see where it's here. Um, I love bringing books to the pod. So I started, I've only read like the intro, but it talks about, it's it's by this guy, Krishnamurti, who was like, he was supposed to, people thought he was going to be like the second coming of Buddha, Mm -hmm. but... um, he that's just, a crazy thing. What do you mean? That's a crazy like thing to put on someone. You're a Buddha. Yeah, right. Pretty much like you're the new Jesus. But then he was just like this crazy, interesting philosopher. And uh, yeah. he talks about the intro is all about how like basically everything is sort of like everything you think of is sort of like systems and symbols. Yes. Like family like the idea of like family is a symbol sort of that like oh i came from this person so now we're like we're really close and like we need to like look out for each other and then like relationships that's kind of like a system too just like but we've like sort of all created them and they're sort of just ideas Mm -hmm. and that we've like developed over just being alive and being humans and mm-hmm. um but like he says that or like he like recommends that you should like sort of uh, the other main systems that he thinks about or talks about is like government and like the financial system mm-hmm. and like how they kind of in religion too he's like one really interesting quote he said was, uh, the truth cannot be repeated. Like the truth is like only in an instant Mm -hmm. and like you can only experience it. It can't be like, so he, he was sort of claiming that like any like religious text, you're just sort of, you're repeating what was true in that moment. And like, you're basically just making that system like carry on. Looking to apply it, like, yeah, somewhere else. Um, I don't know. It's hard to like explain. It's interesting stuff, though. Mm-hmm. But I was thinking, like, if you have an AI, are all those syst- like human systems gonna just like sort of deconstruct because you're yeah. gonna be like just looking to like survive and be like operating optimally? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, like I the way I view it and how the the scenario that I think it'll go in the best case scenario is if like it's something it's harmonious and not like oh I'm merging with this robot and I'm just gonna be the robot. But instead like me and the AI will merge yeah. and we'll be something different. Mm. And not like one of us is gonna overpower the other one. Right. Because I think our base level humanity is going to stay. Like you said how um, like there is a selfishness to 
to being human. Yeah. But it's also like that selfishness is like, it's interesting because if humans are interesting because if you have someone else or like another person Mm -hmm. or a group, when we get into groups, there's a group selfishness and it's like, okay, like we're all selfish together, but I know if I give up less, if I give up some of what I have and I have less then we'll all take a little bit less, but we'll all gain stability. Mm-hmm. So like if we all have, if our food is at a hundred percent and yours is at zero and then I take you in, it's better for us both to be at 50%. Yeah. And like, I'll always be at 50% then. Okay. This week I'm at a hundred next week. I'm at zero. Yeah. Then two weeks from now I'm at like 95 and you're at 70. Like we'll just, break it evenly and I'll have like a minimum to what our lifestyle is going to be. Yeah. And we'll be happier that way. Um, so hopefully like the AI will just like extend what we already are. And hopefully like in, when we have systems like this, like, am I going to want to like allow GPT three into my mind today? No, cause it's (laughs) extremely racist. (laughs) Like it's just going to make me more racist. Like, I feel like it's going to either make it's going to make us more racist, more optimistic, like whatever you already are as a baseline. It's just going to raise that to a higher level. Maybe that would be cool. I think unless like it just made me <laughs> like stupid depressed. Yeah. Or much. <laughs> yeah. Like it could make things worse. Like yeah. it's a, it's interesting. We don't know. Like we can't guess what something with. We just haven't experienced something yeah. like it before. So. I don't think it's going to take forever. Um, I don't know how long, but I think at some point it will happen. What if Elon does the first one and he just like, his brain explodes? Be like, dang. I feel like he'd, he wouldn't, like going out like that. He'd be like normal. <laughs> like yeah. he's probably already got one. Yeah. Basically. In comparison to us. Yeah. Yeah, I'm 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 really curious about it. It's only something that we can wait on. Right. And something we can wait on. What was the other thing? I mean, I saw Jujutsu, the Jujutsu movie, go see it. It's awesome. I haven't seen it yet, so we're not going to be giving spoilers, but that's our anime touch on today. Uh, this isn't even really a spoiler, but it's it kind of pissed me off cuz uh there was um after a credit scene. Mhm. And I fucking I didn't stick around. Oh really? Did yeah. you get to see it on your computer or something? I can I think it's on YouTube. Someone told me it's on YouTube, so I'll probably watch it. But mm. uh, I was kind of frustrated by that. It was also because I was like starting to get sick then, uh, uh, yeah. so I just wanted to leave. Mm-hmm. Um, also got food poisoning this week. First mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. Sucks. Zero out of ten. Would not recommend. No, food poisoning is one of the worst. I I had it like three times in a row eating at this restaurant once. <laughs> Damn. Gotta make sure. <laughs> the first time I was like, no way this place. <laughs> Second time I was like, dang, seriously? Like, all right, third time. <laughs> There's no way I'm gonna get it three times. You got the same, like, uh, food? Yeah. What was it? It was chicken Alfredo from Damn. Pizza Hut on Gallivan uh, Boulevard. Okay. I was young though. I, I I it was at a time where I didn't have the luxury to be picking my food. Like mm. 
somebody else was buying me food and saying, this is what we're eating. So they really just weren't uh, cooking the chicken. I guess so. I guess so. And it was horrible. Because all you do is just lay down, throw up all day. Yeah, it's miserable. It is. Everything you eat, water, coming right back up. Yeah. I felt like just a shell. Like literally a shell. Yeah. Um, It's horrible. My buddy said he got it uh, before and he started hallucinating because he just wasn't like didn't eat or drink anything no. for like two, three days. Yeah, it just comes back. It's crazy. Luckily, I was. it was like maybe like a 12-hour puking and then I was able to like keep some Gatorade down towards the end of the night. So it wasn't like the worst, but it was still shitty. Mm. Let's talk about uh, Dope Sick. Dope sick. That's on a really interesting. Like we had a pretty good conversation. Um, so it's all about the rise of Purdue Pharma and OxyContin. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a interesting like view on everything because it's like they show the drama in between like the Sackler family, which is like the family that developed OxyContin. And, like, they actually, like, have had a history of sort of developing drugs that, like, they, like, also made Valium, which had its own, like, issues, sort of. Mm -hmm. They, uh, what was it called? They, like, advertised something. So, this was for Valium, but they, like, advertised something, like, uh like mind tension or something and like that's like they marketed this new thing like this new like sensation like oh if you have like mind tension then you should take valium it'll like ease your mind tension when it's really just like kind of a it's a it's a benzo so it just like calms you down but it is very addictive and um tension is it supposed to be like stress Sort of, yeah, but they, like, try to, like, spin it, like, with a new word, make a definition of it, like, sort of market it as, like, a new thing, so, like, people were more apt to, like, take it, and, uh, so their thing with Oxy was, um, so first off, they marketed it saying that less than 1% of people get addicted, Mm. and that was, like... They did some weird study, probably. It ended up being from, like, a really obscure article that a scientist did in, like, one hospital. Yeah. With, uh, like, ten people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, And they took that quote, like, put it on the all the Oxy, like, advertisements. Had a bunch of people, like, do, uh, what's, like, promotions. Mm-hmm like a commercial for it and that none of them would like mention the name oxycodone they would just say like pain medicine which was like kind of fishy mm-hmm. um they once they started rolling out the oxy so they like started out with like 10 milligram 20 milligram 30 whatever um i think it went up to 40 and then uh so they had like their marketing team was like it was like they were like basically it seemed like they were like car salesmen. Mm-hmm. So they would all meet. They were like, all right, you got to like sell this many. And if you sell this many, you get a trip to Malibu. Woohoo. Mm-hmm. And like, so they're ch- like, they have this like incentive, like financial incentive to like push this drug onto doctors 
and pharmacists. And it's crazy because like when when you get a sticky product, this is with anything. If you get a sticky product and then you get good salesmen, yeah. like the product is going to be absurd. Like everyone's going to be using it and everyone's going to have it. Yeah. And that's with a lot of things. But it was like fucked up because like they were incentivizing these salesmen to lie to doctors basically like unknowingly because they whatever uh but then there was like they go through the progression of like okay like if 10 milligrams isn't working just double the dose and if 20 like stops being effective just double the dose and then they like roll out the 80 milligram one which is like way too much for like 80 milligrams should be like very very like crazy pain Mm -hmm. people taken for like like surgeries and cancer and stuff uh and then like eventually they go to 160 which is 160 psycho (laughs) i'm pretty sure if you don't have like an opiate tolerance and you just take a 160 you probably like come close to ODing. uh yeah but so they had they also like marketed like so similar to that like mind tension thing they had this thing called breakthrough pain which was like if you take an oxy and then like you still feel the pain and then they're like oh if you have big breakthrough pain all you have to do is double the dose and so it's just like that's horrible yeah they were like getting everyone like on way too much and they were saying it's not addictive but it's like crazy addictive it's probably like the most addictive uh prescription med um but yeah it's like they also once Oxy came out, they, Purdue Pharma, like, almost secretively released the, you know, like, the pain scale mm-hmm. that, like, doctors will with ask you. With the smiley you. face. Yeah, with the smiley faces. So, on the on that, like, printout, there's nothing that says Purdue Pharma, but it's, it's a company, like, a subsidiary company that Purdue Pharma owns that prints it out. Mm-hmm. So, like, they took their name off of that, so sort of, like, cover their tracks, because, like, that's how they were gauging, like, how to dose uh, the oxy. Mm. And then they were also telling doctors to individualize the dose, which means, like, and that would, like, partially be based on the scale thing. But, like, before, before they started telling doctors to do that, every doctor would just start with 10 milligrams, like Mm -hmm. the smallest dose, and then, like, see how that goes. But, like, then they started, like, oh, we'll start you on 40, see how that goes. And, Mm -hmm. like, that's just, like, already bad for people. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, it was crazy corrupt. Yeah, pharmaceutical is just, like, it's so terrible, especially in the U.S. Like, it's so predatory. Yeah. It's a really interesting show, though. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a... it can be triggering, mm-hmm. but it's very eye-opening. A lot of like emotional stuff. There's like the one. Some of the doctors get addicted to it. That's terrible. Like some of the salesmen gave out free samples to doctors, which like I'm sure some of them took them, some of them gave them to their patients. Uh, but it's crazy. I'm like, how did it get FDA approval? Um. Sort of just, like, manipulation through, like, connections of people. But it's, like, what also is crazy is, like, they show the family drama. And, like, it's just, like, the main guy who, like, 
was like the pioneer for the oxycodone was like sort of one of the younger people in the family um and he was kind of like i don't know he seemed like kind of awkward and weird and like it you could tell that like he didn't really feel like he was like he didn't like himself or like he felt like he needed to like prove himself to the family and yes. like the family's all a bunch of rich assholes and they like refer to like each side of the family as like oh this is shares b like that's one side of the family mm. or it might be just like a the, their financial section sections but like it seemed like b yeah like or b shares yeah, and b, a shares yeah b shares is somebody who has shares in the company but like can't actually vote on anything that happens in the company oh okay so a shares is somebody who like has shares but like if they ever had like a board meeting to vote on something yeah they'd actually be able to like vote and actually make change so like right. b shares is someone who's just making money yeah and a shares is someone who's making money and making decisions yeah but um it was like they were like having family dinner and like referring to each other like as b shares and a shares and uh it just seemed like really shitty like mm. um so it was weird to see it from like that perspective and then also all the perspectives of like who it affected like the users the doctors the families of the users families of doctors like and there was also they kind of like focus in on they started in like rural like mining towns because they have like crazy uh physical ailments like from working in the mines mm -hmm. uh so like that's where the the problems all started and like they follow like the police officers that are like trying to find ways to sort of like get to the root of the problem but it's like like how are you going to arrest a pharmaceutical company or like mm. it's like gets really complicated because like um in the beginning like a lot of people were getting the oxys like legally like just from doctors or like going to florida getting pain clinic mm -hmm. pills and um but they were like in those small towns, like all the crime was like revolving around that Oxycontin. Yeah. It's so terrible. I understand that like, so it's just so odd when you have private companies who are trying to make medicine or create like actual breakthrough in science yeah they're racking up debt doing that so then once they make through that breakthrough they're trying to make their money back mm -hmm. and like they don't want to make it public so a lot of people are like why can't they just make insulin public knowledge like why can't everyone just have insulin because yeah. the people who made it want to make their money back from all the investment they did mm -hmm. and this is the problem with privatizing like medical Right. Even though, like, yes, we do create a lot of great breakthroughs because it creates competition in the space, but a problem is that once we do make those breakthroughs, it it's, like, counterintuitive. All right, yeah. now we made that breakthrough that everyone needs. Like, now we're just going to make it, like, horrible. You know what <laughs> I mean? So yeah. we're going to make it impossible for you to get, or we're going to make everyone addicted to it. And right. it's, like, it's a sad truth. It's a sad truth about how the U.S., like, medical system works yeah it's like i don't know it's all sort of uh 
stems from capitalism too. It does absolutely. It's the competition. We make the competition yeah. in the medical space, which makes it really good. Like people seek out to be doctors, and people mm-hmm. seek out to create these medical breakthroughs. But then at the end of it, it's like, all right, now we're in so much debt from doing it. So we need to sometimes practice some evil things to make our money back. Right. And they created an awesome, like that's a dope drug. Like it's unfortunate, but like there's a reason why people are addicted to it. It's an awesome drug, but yeah, it's just I mean, it's just, a, they didn't, uh, give it to people properly mm-hmm. there and they weren't using it for the right reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I kind of want to watch, uh, I wish they would make like a documentary about fentanyl and like, uh, how that came about. Hmm. Because people have been using the wor- the term China white for like mm-hmm. years and years. Like I think since like the 90s and 80s. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I wonder if that was just fentanyl the whole time. Maybe. Does know. it have similar well, I mean, properties? Like does it make you feel similar? Fentanyl? Well, I mean, it's just uh, like a stronger, this is the strongest opiate. Or there's that car fentanyl, I guess, is the new, new shit. <laughs> That'll, like, kill elephants. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, but enough about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I feel like um, yeah, we had some good, some bad, some pretty in this one. Yeah, let's get bad again and fucking mm. shit on each other. <laughs> let's hear it the good old-fashioned All right. way. All right, Mike. <laughs> Let's hear it, Z. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're still rolling with that. All right, you're a Mike. You're a slobbery, sheep biting malignancy, which means uh, slobbery is wet, slovenly, muddy. Sheep biting. I think I know this one. Oh means mean or cowardly and then malignancy cancerous growth evil influence hmm you see burn let me see that thing (laughs) (laughs) they're lucky right now no racism yet What was the last one that sounded? Okay. <clears throat> oh, yeah? That's why you're a mammering, ill-tempered Cosner. I'm really How dare you? Cosner. <laughs> uh, mammering. Hesitating. Stammering. Noun. Ill-tempered. Irritable. In a foul mood, naturally. Cosner, cheater, imposter. How do you spell that, Cosner? Uh, it was uh, C O Z E N E R. Interesting. You're lucky, Shakespeare insult generator. <laughs> Nothing racist this time. Um, but yeah, thanks for listening, guys. This was episode eighty-one. Mm-hmm. We'll be back next week talking about some other shit. Maybe have a guest. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, thanks for listening. Guys, thanks.
yeah, if you guys want to follow us at uh, DTMS underscore podcast on Instagram. Thanks, awesome. Mike. All right. See you, Z. All right. Peace. Peace.